Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Welcome to a bonus episode of Whiskey Congress focused almost exclusively on things going on in the NFL. So bonus, 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 bonus. So uh, most, I think every team now has opened their training camp. There have already been some substantial injuries, but there's also a lot of other stuff going on, including a really weird exchange, or not, not even an exchange, a really weird comment from Sean Payton regarding Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett was the coach of the Broncos last year, fired, now the OC at, for the Giants. Giants? Jets. Sorry, Jets. That makes more sense. Um, and uh, uh, now the new coach in Denver, Sean Payton, who's very accomplished, came out and said some pretty aggressive shit. And you pointed this out to me, and then wanted to talk about it. So, well, what did you? What did you? Did you read what I did? What, what did you think about what Sean Payton said? Uh, so basically, he said that Denver's team was terrible. La- Denver was terrible last year because it was one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen, and that the the Broncos who had came, came into last year with high expectations after trading for Russell Wilson and expecting to make a push for a Super Bowl. He basically said Nathaniel Hackett was a terrible coach. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's more to it than that, then... Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. And, and um, that's it's a weird thing, though. Coaches rarely do that. Mm-hmm. And so you wanted to talk about it, and I'm wondering what your... Well, besides weird, like, what did you think? Like, what's your opinion? Of Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett as a coach? No, about Sean what Sean oh, Payton oh, said. Oh. Um, well, I, I just... I don't know. I thought it was kind of out of line. I thought it was kind of a... You mind your business, we'll mind ours. I mean, it felt to me like a deflection. It felt to me like a way of saying, okay, so we didn't make a lot of changes this offseason, but it's okay because it wasn't the team last year. It was that guy. So it struck me as a total deflection and a blame game. It struck me as what exactly needed to happen. Here's why. I am, like, we both see the bullshit that happens in the NFL with coaches getting chance after chance True. after chance. Guys that should, shouldn't should probably be coaching high school football. But because their dad was so-and-so, because they were buddies with so-and-so, they went to college and played with so-and-so, they're getting opportunities that they should not have. And they prove that they shouldn't have them when they become head coaches and they nosedive. Some of them get to nosedive multiple times they land as coordinators, do maybe okay, do good enough to say, all right, whatever. Or they get hooked up with some wonder kid like Peyton Manning or an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, whatever, and they build their entire career off that. Um, and then, you know, they get another bite at the apple to be the head coach, and then they nosedive again, right? Josh McDaniels, nice guy from Cleveland. You know, family's got a history here. You know, his dad, I think, was a, you know, Hall of Fame coach at John Carroll or whatever. Um, But Josh McDaniels isn't a good head coach. You know how we know? He's been a head coach before. Wasn't very good, right? He hasn't done a great job in Las Vegas. He's not a good head coach. He's a pretty decent offensive coordinator when he's got Tom Brady. That's what we know, right? Um, Nathaniel Hackett was an awful coach. 
Terrible. He did a terrible son coaching of, son job. Son of Paul Hackett. So right. Your... Son of, right? Like, so nepotism, again, so bad that, like, the crowd was chanting, and we talked about this on the show, right? They would call out, like, the play clock, like, hey, five, four, three, guys, got to get the play in. Two, one, right? Because they couldn't figure out to do it. Daniel Hackett isn't a good head coach. Um, and the reason why I think it needs to happen, and these guys, like, because it's centered around, hey, I mean, you're a head coach, I'm a head coach, this is... There's only 32 of these jobs in the league, and we have to protect each other. And, uh, you know, I, like, you can't be calling me out, man. Like, that makes me look bad. Like, it's going to hurt. Like, yeah, you know what? You, like, all, like, we talk about guys like Eric Bieniemy not getting a chance. And, like, look, if Eric Bieniemy sucks, call him out because he sucks, right? If it, like, if he were to get a job as a head coach and he sucked, then I would say call him out too, right? But you got a guy like McDaniel Hackett who everybody propped up. Well, he was offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. Like, I mean, is, I mean, I don't know is if it he, so much matters, but okay. He's the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers again. Right, and he's, you know, and so it's just, I don't know. I thought it was, and I think Sean Payton stepping back, getting into um, broadcasting for a little bit, I think he, I think he kind of saw it. Like, I think Sean Payton knew last year. He's like, this guy shouldn't be a head coach. And, and I think you can sit there and say, oh, it's deflection and um, – you know, oh, you shouldn't do that. But I think overwhelmingly, like, that is part of the problem why middle-aged white guys can gatekeep so many different job arenas, right, that they've been able to gatekeep forever. Because it's, listen, don't publicly bash me, right? Let's keep this all in-house. We can settle this like men, right? But don't make it public. Keep your dirty laundry. And it's the same reason why you're not supposed to talk about your salary. It's not appropriate. Don't do that. Why? Who, who, who really doesn't want you to talk about the fucking money that you make? Your employer. Your employer. Because they don't want someone to go, wait, we do the same job. Exactly. Yeah. Right? It's bullshit. Right? And I think it's utter bullshit that these coaches, when they do a do- Oh, and listen, here's the thing. Nobody had a problem calling Hugh Jackson out when he did a dog shit job here in Cleveland. Right? Well, he went one and thirty-one over. Okay, but everyone like right. It's easy. It's funny. It's okay. <laughs> well, I'll make jokes. It's right. Fun. But and no coaches, one gives a damn. Other coaches did. Oh, other coaches. The fuck they did not. Yeah, they did. They. I fuck. I, now here's the difference. I listen to NFL radio on Sirius all the time, so I hear these coaches get interviewed, right, and talk about it and stuff like that. Now, Mike Tomlin never said anything about it, right? But the motherfucker down in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor, he had something to say, and I don't even like Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson did a terrible fucking job in Cleveland. He did. Right? And nobody had an issue calling him out for and calling him not professional. All, all the things that they said about him. Right? Like, it, it, like it, it's, it's legitimate and it was there. So what I'm saying is I don't have a problem with this because it needs to happen. Now, if you want to make the argument that Hugh Jackson should never be a head coach of an NFL team again, I'll buy it. And it ain't because of race. It's because he did a dog shit job. Right. One and 31 is right. about as bad as you could do. Nathaniel Hackett was so bad, they had to get rid of him during the season. Yeah. In a time where, like, you rarely see coaches get fired in season. Right? Of season yeah, one. Of season, that, there's the key. Well, in like, season like, of season one. Frank Reich got fired mid-season, but that team was right. spiraling, and he had had success in the past. Right, in multiple seasons and everything yeah. else. And, and, you know, also, like, giving him time. There, there's yeah. something to that. Retreading Frank Reich is not an example of what you're is, describing, because he has had success. Right, and that situation was was different. And, and like, you look at the type of success, like, the, the issues that they were having in India at that point in time. You know, you've got the owner and the GM and the coach all on three different pages on what to do about quarterback. 
Um, you know, yeah. you've got the like you've got just Jim Irsay in general, just kind of sticking his nose in the middle of shit, which will come up again shortly. But I, I my thing is that uh, it was it refreshing. No, but was it? I don't think it was like everyone's going to say it was out of line because we've all been trained to think that that sort of thing is out of line. And my thing is that, no, it's not out of line. Nathaniel Hackett did a terrible fucking job and he should be called out by it, called out for the bullshit that he did by his peers and eviscerated because that's how bad of a job he did. Right. And all the shit about giving Russell Wilson an office in the building. What? You gave a player an office in the building? Right, he had an office right next to the general manager. <laughs> I do, you know what? I remember seeing an article that said something like that Sean Payton will not give uh, Russell Wilson an office. And I was like, I didn't, even bo- mean? I didn't even bother right? reading the article. I'm like, what yeah, the fuck does... Right, like, like I, I'm listening to I'm like, yeah, he had an office. He had like a whole... Like, you know, Russell Wilson had an entourage. I'm like, that's funny. Who was in Russell Wilson's entourage? Oddly, Russell Wilson was in the movie Entourage. Well, yes, but I mean, I just... <laughs> I, I couldn't I, help myself. Like, th- there was a lot of bullshit that goes on. And then when you watch the team play, the offense was, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's supposed to be this offensive guru... Right. Remember, he was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator. Back-to-back but, MVPs right, for Aaron Rodgers. For some reason, I don't know what it is, his offense just didn't translate to Denver. Right? Maybe Russell Wilson isn't as good as we thought he was. And look, and I, I could argue about how good Russell Wilson is or isn't, but what I saw was a team that wasn't disciplined, that wasn't well-coached, that didn't know where to be. There, were, there was no complexity to their offense whatsoever. Um, it was beyond predictable. And it just, like, there were so many issues that any, like, decent fan that pays attention to the sport could see. Um, And Sean Payton called it out. And I think this whole thing of, I owe you some sort of a duty not to call you out for your shit behavior. Whether you did a bad job at your job or you are actually a bad person one way or another. that, That is what allows guys to continue to get jobs that shouldn't have them, right, that aren't qualified for them or that haven't proven that they should be in that position or have a track record that says you shouldn't be doing this, right? And it's not just in the NFL. And I think the reason that's why I wanted to talk about it more is because that sort of culture of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, you don't talk bad about me, I won't talk about bad about you, is that is what creates this sort of roadblock that prevents other people Right from different groups, right? Yes, race, different black people, women, different, from getting into different things, because you form this sort of like good old boys, club, right? Is what you, I call you, it. F- you form that club, and it, there's these unwritten rules of what can and can't be done to protect the integrity of that club, and it absolutely, I think, hurts the game or whatever the profession that that it's being applied to, because you lose out on talented people. Or you keep people that you shouldn't keep way longer than you should and continue to give them chance after chance after chance, right? Because it's easy to do because no one will criticize, right? Like, when I listen to, you know, the NFL on Sirius, right? Like, you you have guys, like, they, they will not, like, the, the former players, right, former coaches, they will not call out another guy and, and like a coach who does a bad coaching job or you're even like they'll, they'll you know, they, they don't have an issue with players. Some, some of them do. I but mean, like they'll, they'll say that was a bad play. 
or that was a bad call, or coach should have made a different decision. You know, he should have gone for it on fourth down, or he shouldn't have kicked the field goal, whatever, right? Like in-game sort of sure. stuff, right? But then at the end of the year, right, when they're doing their reviews, right, they all, oh, man, I love it when we get to talk to coach so-and-so, and, he, you know, he's always what, you know, and like, oh, man, he gets his guys fired up, and, you know, he's going to be on the hot seat, but I got a lot of faith in coach, you know? Like, that. that's what it, it's very – topical and you could sit there and say well if they're too critical then they won't be able to work so you know like then then you know like if they're too critical then the guy's not going to give them interviews and they're going to be able to talk and nfl network's going to fire him and it's like so but that is all born of the fact that there's this unwritten rule that you can't criticize your counterpart that that works in the same industry that you do and acknowledge that he did such a bad job that it actually makes it makes everyone look bad the thing, the thing that I would say is that um, you're right. There have been so many retread bad coaches. I mean, I think of Dick Geron. He comes to Buffalo with a far from stellar track record in Chicago and Detroit and then goes to Buffalo and absolutely sucked. He was terrible. Now, I was going to say that the media has no trouble criticizing him, but some of them do kind of play, um, you know, play favorites or, or think of, okay, if we ever want this guy on our show, we better not call him the... Yeah, but but almost every coach, and maybe you're going to call this bullshit too. Almost every coach will say they want to do everything they can to minimize distractions. Yeah, and Sean Payton just created an unnecessary distraction. He didn't do himself any utility, unless that's why I was going with it's a deflected. Because I'm thinking, what is the utility for? Yeah, saying but this? I've said for the longest time that it's such bullshit from coaches. It is such bullshit. We can't have any distractions. Anything, oh, anything yeah, that's okay. not football is anything that's not football is a distraction. Well, motherfucker, I had to wake up this morning. I had to get the traffic. Was that a distraction? Right? I ate breakfast this morning. Was that a fucking distraction? Right? Like, you get the fuck out of here. Like, they, they, they get... They, you, they, they use that line. Listen, they, they, they use that line. Like, Coach Whip used that with us. Right? Like, there was something... Go- it, oh. Stories from UMass coming... <laughs> no, it was when the... It was when the... When they had uh, Bulger on trial with the Senate, you know? Like, when remember? Whitey Bulger's brother was our oh, yeah, president oh, yeah, yeah. of UMass. UMass, right. Right at some point in time, he had to go talk to con- whatever. Yeah, it was a big deal. Everybody's asking questions about it. Like media was all over campus. Like it, you know, like they were scared. Oh, what do you think about this whole thing with Pat right. Holder, all this other stuff? Right. So Whipple comes in with this whole thing of, you know, oh, it's just a distraction, and we need to stay on blah 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 and football, football, football. And I, I will never forget this. J. Rob, Jeremy Robinson, out of Syracuse. Love you, J. Rob. Coach. I don't give a fuck about Whitey Bulger. I don't give a fuck about his brother. Just tell me what coverage we run in when I get to blitz and dial up touchdowns. That's all he said. And Coach Whip is like, well, and then, like, J- and now J-Rob was a captain. He was a senior. He's like, Coach, what are we doing? Right? And and in that moment, Coach Whipple's just like, okay. Right? Like, he bags his whole speech about distractions and everything else. Because at the end of the day, Right, like we were a bunch of fucking college kids that all we wanted to do was play ball, eat, and fuck. Right, if it wasn't playing ball, eating, or fucking, we weren't paying attention to it. So I don't give a fuck about distractions. Right, fight happens outside at the club the night before. Guess what? When I'm in the facility, I'm focused on football. I don't care about that fight. Right, if something happens outside of football, Okay, it happened outside of football, but once I'm in the locker room and on the field, all that distraction bullshit is bullshit, right? 
And people say, oh, well, this team had distractions and blah, blah, blah. That's why they weren't good. They weren't good because they weren't well coached. And the guys weren't dedicated and didn't do their fucking job. That's why they weren't good. Because there's plenty of te- Those Bills teams with Dick Duran, they didn't have many distractions. They just weren't fucking good. They were also horribly coached. Right, I and mean, horribly coached. They, but I that mean, has nothing to do with fucking outside distractions. Sure, agree, and, they, agree. and you got, listen, and listen, you also have the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s who were, they, they were a walking distraction, and yet you still couldn't fucking beat them. <laughs> okay, just because they had guys getting arrested at a room where they were doing cocaine and hookers. And, okay, yeah, that's Charles funny. Haley would go to meetings naked on purpose just to make the coach feel uncomfortable. He would go in in a I towel forgot. and just I, open it up so he could see his dick. And the coach would be like, Charles, can you cover your dick? And I'm like, no, look at it, coach. <laughs> right? I forgot about that. Right? Michael Irvin stabbed the guy with scissors in a fucking barber shop and got away with it. That, like, don't give me that distraction bullshit. Right, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, it don't give. Like, I wasn't a, saying I believe it or not. I'm saying that's always the answer. Is right. we don't want distractions. We don't want our schedule being disrupted. We want we're creatures of habit. Blah blah blah. Okay, and and that now that's different though, right? Like creatures of habit, schedule, all that sort of stuff. Right? You asking me a question about some shit that happened on or off the field or whatever. With, like, you know, if if you're asking me that question. Say I'm a running back, and I'm lined up behind the quarterback, and a reporter comes out when the quarterback is blue 22. Uh, Mr. David, uh, can I ask you a question? That would be a distraction. I believe it would. Right? But <laughs> if you're asking me about some shit that happened, like, after practice, about whatever, after a game, or before whatever, like, I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if you're a coach or even former players talk about, oh, distract. You're, you're full of shit. That shit doesn't matter. You have a distraction. Every single person on a team that's a player, you've got a girlfriend that fucking drives you nuts. Or if you're a pro, your kids drive you nuts. Or you've got multiple girlfriends that you're trying <laughs> to juggle that drive you nuts. Or you're worried about a car that you're having, you know, fucking wrapped and right. shit done to. Or your business that you own. Or your charity, right? Or whatever it is. All that shit exists all the time, whether you're a good team, a bad team, whether you're winning the Super Bowl or not. It's the people who know how to focus on their sport, who know how to coach the sport, right, and who know how to execute on the field no matter what. Those are the, that, that's how you win. Because if you can't execute on the field with or without it, like, it, it doesn't, like, at the end of the day, you have an assignment. Can you do that assignment? Right? Because if, if you can, whether there's a distraction or not, a lot of these guys, they just, they're not good at their assignment, right? Whether they're yep. distracted or not. So I, I, I don't buy the whole, I don't want a distraction bullshit, which is why I think this, I think this move by Sean Payton, I think it's just, he stepped away and realized like, what the fuck this? And he also said, what are they going to do to me? I'm borderline Hall of Fame coach as it is. I fuck around and win a Super Bowl here. I'm definitely going to the Hall of Fame. Even if not, I'm still arguably the best coach in the New Orleans Saints history. I coached I coached a Hall of Fame quarterback. I won a fuck ton of games, right? We're going to win games here in Denver. I, I don't care. Matter right. of fact, fuck all y'all unwritten rules, right? We're just, I, I'm going to say what I feel, and, and you can't stop me. And I, I think that is needed. You need more of it. I, like, we all talk about how we're, like, we, one of the worst interviews in sports uh, before they retired, Michael Jordan, Peyton Manning, Bill Belichick, right? Some of the worst interviews in sports prior to retirement. Michael Jordan after opened up a little bit, and that's been fun. 
Right. Tom Brady was always a pretty good interview. Like, he yeah. could be LeGon, but he was also pretty open oh, about he, things. Yeah. But Peyton Manning did the Michael Jordan thing. Bill Belichick goes out of his way to literally say nothing. Right? Like, and all these, all these coaches and players all like, oh, they don't want to rock the boat and all that other stuff. And everybody complains about it. But in reality, like, we all just like, God, I wish you'd just be fucking honest. Right? Yeah. And no, you got it. I, you know, I'll, I'll give you that because that's one thing that drives me nuts in all walks. Sorry, uh-huh. in all walks of life, uh, uh, is people want to they'll spin things to be politically correct or polite or whatever, and you know if, <laughs> that's ultimately disingenuous. Right. I would go so far as dishonest, but disingenuous. Right. And but in some cases it borderlines on dishonest. Oh, yeah. Right. Like sometimes I mean, it flat out is. Right. I, so I I don't have a problem with it. People are going to try to make it look like Sean Payton is the bad guy here. Sean Payton isn't the guy who got fired in the middle of his first season because his team literally couldn't figure out how to get to the line of scrimmage. So you can sit there and call Sean Payton out all you want for calling out Nathaniel Hackett, but we all watch what happened here, and Sean Payton has the balls to tell you how bad it was. right? Like The people who hired Nathaniel Hackett definitely don't want to say that because they're the ones who fucking hired him. Right? That's for sure. But like Sean Payton's just like, and how bad must it have been for Sean Payton to be like, you guys will not believe this shit, right? Like, mean? well, that's what I mean. Like, that, that's literally what he did. He was like, "Look, this this was so fucking bad. My God, right?" And and you could sit there and say like he's setting himself up either for a soft landing or for a great rise, right? Because if they let's say they go to the playoffs, make it to the AFC Championship or whatever, you could say, "Look, I brought these motherfuckers from the dregs of the NFL all the way up to this level, right?" Or if he doesn't do anything, you could say, "Look, this is how bad it was, whatever." But that, I think, is part and parcel to the part where, fuck Nathaniel Hackett. What the fuck does Sean Payton owe him? Nathaniel Hackett, right now, can't suck fucking Sean Payton's dick when it comes to accomplishments, right? Oh, no doubt. Right? Like, he doesn't, like, all he has is that he was the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers. Now, you could say Sean Payton was the head coach of, Sean, of, of Drew Brees, all right? And, okay, fine. He but, was. But he, he was, and, like, I, I can't beat a, a, a I, I won't, like, I shouldn't beat up Nathaniel Hackett for being the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers. But Correct. the problem is, is that Sean Payton was an assistant at Dallas for on a team that was very successful. Then he went to a then he went to a team, um, you know, in New Orleans and literally brought that team out of obscurity and into like being a contender on a regular basis, winning a Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback that people thought might have been done because of the devastating injury to his shoulder at the time, right? Even though Drew Brees was pretty good in San Diego. He was also a castaway in San Diego. They drafted Ryan Leaf to get rid of him. Yeah, they drafted Ryan Leaf when they already had Drew Brees. Mm. Not not, not Ryan Leaf. Oh, God. I'm I'm sorry, Chief. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, thank you. Oh, God. That was so weird. That was weird. Um, Yes. Oh, yeah. Philip Rivers, who did not suck. But it's not as good as Drew Brees. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I mean, Drew he didn't Brees win a Super Bowl. Was a surgeon. Philip Rivers was a. He was a good quarterback. I would take Drew Brees' career over his any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Drew Brees over Philip Rivers? Really? I don't know, man. Wow. And maybe I'm biased because I played against him, but I don't know. I, 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 look, look, Philip Rivers, like. Philip Rivers, him not winning a Super Bowl wasn't as much on him. Philip Rivers put San Diego in a position to win a lot, right? But 
defense, you know, and the year that they probably should have done it. Remember, LT gets hurt and opts to sit out, which was probably the right move. But, you know, at that point, oddly enough, you know, I think all they had was Darren Sproles maybe at running back, and Darren Sproles full-time is not LT full-time. But I I think – I don't think the gap between Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees is as far – as you're making it, Drew Brees better because he's got a Super Bowl. Uh, Drew, Fine, Drew, Drew Brees I thought was an absolute surgeon, and I wa- I watched him play at Buffalo once, and it was painful because I had great seats so I could see. I'm watching like he knew the guy who was getting open and was delivering the ball, <laughs> and, and I'm sitting up there, you know, forty yard line going, "Fuck, it's gonna happen again," yeah. and it did every time. I have a ton of respect for Drew Brees. I also think he's a uh, um, a great leader. I mean, they, they would talk about his pregame, you know, hype speeches or whatever, and how they were really impressive. Yeah. So, if I'm choosing between the two, I, and and I like them both. I, th- I look, they're both going to the Hall of Fame. Um, well, Breeze is a no doubter. I think Rivers. He. I don't know. look at the numbers. Uh, I, I think we've had this conversation before about Drew because we had this conversation once about Drew Breeze and Philip Rivers, and you thought I was saying F- Drew Breeze was a questionable Hall of Famer, and you were like he's the all-time leading passer or something like that. I'm like. Yeah, like, I, Drew Brees is a no-brainer when it comes to the Hall of Fame. I think Rivers if, is a likely. If if you want to say Philip Rivers is not a first ballot, okay, I but I suspect he won't be. Philip Rivers is going to the Hall of Fame. If you've got Eli Manning in there because he won two Super Bowls, okay, fine. But Philip Rivers, um. Like the guys who will ever be linked because they got traded for each other. Right. Like, I mean, and the, I think the numbers the numbers are going to bear out, right? Okay. Um, I'm not a Rivers basher. I think he's a damn good quarterback. I just think Drew Brees I, is... I don't like him as a person. One, he's got too many kids. That weirds me out. Two, he is one of the most awful shit-talking people that you will ever play sports against. Like, he never shuts up. And it's really cheesy. Like, he doesn't curse. And he just is just, it's it, like. Golly gee willikers. I'm going to. I mean, it's not that bad. But, I mean, he just never shuts up. I mean, like, I'm talking on offense, you know, calling the play out. Like, between, like, Hut and Hike. Like, oh, by the way, you fucking 47. You suck dick. You know, like, well, he wouldn't he say dick. But, you know, he would, you suck. And, you know, Hike. Right? Like, you just. I, okay. I don't like him. But. I'm not going to sit here and say, I can't bash him. Okay. Um, so. All right. Well, I want to move on to uh, to the running back position because a lot of shit's gone down at that. First of all, Saquon Barkley um, uh, was uh, franchise tagged. He was told, you know, basically, you know, he's franchise tagged. You got until whenever, somewhere in July to sign a long-term deal. If not, you have to play under the tag. They kind of worked around that by doing a somewhat enhanced one-year deal, but he had threatened to hold out and then um, chose not to. Of course, I'm in the bars in this neighborhood where everyone's like, oh, I'd play the game for, you know, give me $10 million, I'll get out there. I'm like, well, you're not Saquon Barkley, but um, there's plenty of that going around. But the position itself has gotten financially devalued. So much money is going to quarterbacks, and the money going to quarterbacks is fucking insane when you look at what it is as a percentage of the salary cap. And the group that's kind of getting uh, marginalized is running backs. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm pro running back. I'm pro guys getting as much money as they can. But the reality is, is that your like the your top running backs aren't the guys that are on teams that are winning Super Bowls. Derrick Henry 
Nick Chubb, two of the best, arguably. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott? Well, I mean, Zeke is, you know, past his prime. But I'm right. talking about two guys at the top right now, uh, like Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, undoubtedly. Um, and, you know, I think the Titans were in the AFC Championship maybe a couple of years ago or close. Yeah, they were in the playoffs but, for sure. But, like, they've been to the playoffs. I think there was one year they were – maybe they didn't quite make it to the AFC title game. But either way – Again, not only did they not win a Super Bowl, they didn't get to the Super Bowl, and they got Derrick Henry, who is one of the biggest, baddest men when it comes to running the ball on the planet. Nick Chubb has only been in the playoffs, has won one playoff game, right? Um, you know, like, go down the list. Like, yeah. McCaffrey. Like, I, I mean, if he he may have been on that yeah. team with the Panthers that went to the Super Bowl, but he was a rookie, uh, and I think no, that was no, after, no. right? Like, so... Um, I mean, McCaffrey goes to San Francisco and helps them, and if they don't have a, their issues with quarterback, he might have been there. Maybe. But, but but you're right. I mean, teams don't in, – in the 80s and in the 90s, it was – running back was basically – You mean, said Ezekiel Elliott, but Ezekiel Elliott, the problem with him is that he got all that money held out, whatever, and was never nearly as productive once he signed that deal. Todd Gurley signed that monster deal, and he – you know, finish his career petering in Atlanta being a short yardage back. Um, Le'Veon Bell, fucking great stealer. Wish that had worked out different. I supported what he was trying to do, understood that it was risky, and it did not work out for him at all. He was only in the New York for two years with that monster deal that he signed. Kind of bounced around the, re- the league. I think he got a Super Bowl with Kansas City, but he didn't yeah, play. Did. Right? Like, he played maybe, like, four snaps for Kansas City all year. Um, Saquon Barkley, like one, like you've missed a lot of time and since you've come into the league and guys haven't really done anything, right? Like, I mean, he's been, maybe been to the playoffs once, maybe. Yeah, Uh, last year they made the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you can go down the list of all the best running, of the top 10 running backs in the league. Um, you know, I mean, Joe Mixon is, is good, has been to a Super Bowl, but like no one's saying that Joe Mixon is the reason why they got there. Um, you know, so these running backs have a problem, right? Like, cause they, like, you've got the individual guy and I got one on my team, right? Like Najee Harris is a guy who is, you know, hasn't like no one's saying that he's a world breaker, but listen, first two years over a thousand yards with a subpar offensive line, um, and a passing game that couldn't go deep. So he's running against stack boxes and still getting a thousand yards a season. And if he were to have a breakout year would make a, could make a, argument right but Dalvin Cook Dalvin Cook has gone over 1200 yards for the last however many years right and it's not like there's people beating down the door to get after him right like they want him but it's just like look we're only paying you so much yeah right like it's ridiculous that he's not in Miami because that's a perfect fit um you know the Jets cleared a bunch of money for him or just cleared a bunch of money by restructuring Aaron Rodgers contract and still aren't you know you still don't have a deal consummated there yeah, and um, the, the the argument, I think, is that running backs get beat up more than any other position. I mean, if you if you told the ball 20 it's, times a game, you were getting the snot yeah, beat out of you. Yeah, that's kind of, that's a very, that's that's it, that's that's not a, there's more to it. There's a there's lot a, more to it than that, though. Because, one, you've got how many teams, like Kansas City, how many running backs do they go through? They've got Pacheo, McKinnon. Um, they, Edwards uh, Lair, whatever. Edwards Lair, who didn't quite work out. Right, and you're look you're looking at that like so. It's just like they're rotating through four guys through, mm-hmm. right? Um, you've got multiple teams where you you know like even in Cleveland they had Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, right? Kareem Hunt is now a free agent. 
Uh, most teams are running multiple running backs. A lot of guys have been found, like in with maybe running back more than any other position, you could find a really good guy later in the draft, yeah. right, who's younger, Right, like so. Even I mean, that's if, the thing. They're replaceable. They're they're Tony very. Po- what number Tony? Where was Tony Pollard drafted? I Media? I don't remember. I don't. Either. I mean, I don't know if he was. To be honest with you, he he was drafted, but um, it. The point is though, like these guys, you can find the talent that you need in the draft, towards the back end of the draft, third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, undrafted, right? And the guy can come in and give you the same type of production as some of your higher-tier guys, maybe not Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb numbers, but they can still give you 1,200 yards a, a, a season, and they can catch the ball, they can do all those sort of things. And it's just like, all right, well, I'm paying them less when I bring them in. Um, and then if he gets too rambunctious about making money, then I'll just go get another one. I mean, right? the Bills did that with Devin Singletary. They had him. Yeah. They, he was really good as a rookie, and, and people like me were going, this guy's going to be too expensive to keep in four years. And then he goes off, and he ends up signing with Houston. He's a, I love Devin Singletary. I love the guy. But he um, he was easily replaced with Damian Harris. Yeah. And, and they signed, uh, they drafted James Cook. And suddenly it's like, okay, we sorry, we don't need you. Yeah, and that's that. That's the part where... We also don't throw the ball, but... <laughs> run sorry, don't, ball. Run, don't run the ball, sorry. Yeah, that exactly, right? Like, I mean, they just, they, they don't run the ball uh, enough to justify it. It's a passing league. Um... You know, running backs definitely having a good, effective running back definitely helps, but you don't necessarily need a top tier guy. And then when you look at some of the top tier guys and you look at where their teams are finishing in all this, you're just like, eh, I don't know. Maybe not, right? yeah. You know, so it's just like, all right, I'm going to put my money into my quarterback. I'm going to put my money in the receivers. I'm going to put it in the offensive line, edge rushers, corners. Right, you're looking at everybody like defensive linemen that can get to the quarterback, but that also can keep offensive linemen off linebackers, linebackers, right? Like, I mean, like the only other group that kind of gets dicked more, I think, is maybe tight ends, right? Like a guy like a Travis Kelsey getting paid like a tight end when really he's the most effective receiver of yeah. any kind right. in Kansas City, and like that's his argument. Um, and there's a few other guys in the league like that, but really, you know, the running backs are being devalued, but. The problem is I don't see a good argument for them to actually get paid. Um, you're right. And it's the job of a general manager to put the best team on the field. And, again, so much money has gone into franchise quarterbacks that you got to, you know, you can't, you know, blow your wad in, in certain areas and running back is one of them. I mean, but let's, let, let's switch to Jonathan Taylor because he's in a really awkward spot. So he's um, a stud running back when he's healthy. But he's reported to camp with a back injury. Another okay. Just... Now he himself tweeted or zeded or whatever <laughs> that he did not report to camp with a back injury. He did not say he had a back injury, and he doesn't know where that came from. But the team is saying he did. Okay. And the team is threatening to put him on the um, here's the non-football injury list. They got to prove that. Okay. If he doesn't, how are you going to put him on? How are you going to NFI him if he doesn't have an injury? Well, if he's saying, if he's saying, I didn't say I had a back injury, I didn't report a back injury, I don't have a back injury, and if they don't have something to say that he does, then, like, like so if you're putting him out for a back injury, do you have an MRI that shows a herniated disc, or torn muscle, or or something, or a fracture? I, mean, I don't, I don't, I, it's kind of a breaking story, but 
if they put him on the non-football injury list, then they can try to not pay it. You're go- you are jumping over the fact that he said he oh, doesn't no, I'm, have I'm, an I'm injury. Not I'm not jump- jumping over that. I, I just- mean, like that in and of itself is an issue. You've got sure. a team that says, we're thinking about putting him on the NFI list. Oh, what's his injury? Back injury. He, uh, he came to camp with it, he said. Okay, well, he said he didn't. Yeah, well, he does. Okay, but he's, he said he didn't, and he's fine. He's been running around practicing since he got here. That's the other part that they had a problem that they well, have. He's, okay. he's saying he didn't have an injury. He was playing the first few like he practiced the first few days of camp. So what are you going to go with? Well, who, who's got to go there is my question. The, the, it's got to be what the, the, the owner and the NFLPA. I mean, I, I don't know how this gets resolved. Or it's ugly. It's really ugly because because you got a guy. You you've got a team because the timing of this is brutal, right? And I'm sorry, the Colts are the ones who look the absolute worst in all this. Jonathan Taylor outspoken about the contract situation with running backs because his contract is about to be up. Yep. Right. And he's like, look, man, this shit ain't fair. Got to pay these guys. Jim Irsay butts in. Well, we're not paying anybody, and you can't change the CBA, and we're not paying you more than you're worth, so fuck off. Right? So he's like, all right, well, trade me. Fuck you. We're not trading you. We're not trading you ever. But it seems like maybe now you've got an injury that uh, is going to keep you out for the whole season, and it's not a football-related injury, so you're not going to get paid. Um, So how about that? Further complicating this is Zach Moss, who would be his – uh, replacement broke his arm. So now the Colts really have a problem because yes, your do. first and second guy are now. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm like, you know what? You do whatever you want, but I ain't playing. <laughs> you designate it, you call it whatever you want, right? But now at this point, this shit is 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 done, and they could be going that direction, and that that's all on the Colts because I'm sorry. You may not like what he had to say about, and you don't want to deal with his agent. You don't want to pay. Okay, fine. But you got, at minimum, you just got to have a better, you got to be more tactical than the way you're going. Like, that's insane. The Ursays have fucked up a lot of things over the years. I Uh, mean, mean, like, come on now. Like, I I, I mean, like, do you you still want to win? Right? Like, you just drafted a quarterback. And so instead of alienating your best, like, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is the best player on your team offense or defense, right? Like, so, like, all right, fine. You, you don't want to have to pay him more money, whatever. But going nuclear on him and saying that, well, he reported to camp with an injury when he's saying he didn't, and you're talking about putting him on an NFI list, which means you don't have to pay him, right, which fucks up the whole contract thing in terms of timing and everything else. Because I think they would then be able to shift when they franchise him and all that other stuff. Like, I don't know if that's the the smart move, the smart play here, um, because if he sits out this year, whether you t- whatever, then it's all fucked, you know. And I don't know if they can get him back on the field. Well, and the thing is, he is a legitimate stud. Two seasons ago, what he did to Buffalo was painful. I was actually driving through Indiana when the Bills played the Colts, and Jonathan Taylor ran for four touchdowns and caught a fifth in the air. And um, <laughs> I'm, li- I'm listening to a combination of Sirius XM, and then when I got near Indy, or in- into Indiana, I started listening to the Colts broadcast, and I'm like, I can't listen to this anymore. Back to Sirius XM, because, I mean, they're just having way too much fun watching this guy stomp the Bills. Um, so he is an absolute stud. Um, you know, again, 
this is the sort of thing that potentially could or should cost someone in the Colts organization their job. Because, and that might be the owner. Yeah, it should be Jim Irsay. Yeah, well, I mean, there have been instances in the past when owners fucked with players and got burned for it. There's a famous thing with George Steinbrenner and Dave Winfield way back in the day. But Steinbrenner was suspended from baseball for a year. And if Ursay orchestrated a, an, a dishonest report to, um, to you know, try to punish Jonathan Taylor for having the nerve to speak out, and that comes out, I think you're looking at a year, a year suspension. Maybe even a Daniel Snyder get the fuck out. You're looking at something. Yep. Um, I don't know exactly what it is. But it's got to uh, get fleshed got, out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we got to see how this ends. You know, maybe cooler heads can prevail. Maybe, you know, maybe it can get resolved. You know, Taylor gets back, um, you know, Taylor gets back on the field and then everything is okay. Uh, I don't feel... Is this a distraction, Steve? I I mean, for John, is it a distraction for John? I mean, like the guys... I think this is a legit distraction, actually. I mean, the guy's not playing. Right. So that's that's a the little bit of distraction. Okay. Right. Like that that's a little bit different, right? Like I mean, oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. I mean um, like yes, that is a distraction. That is a distraction. Like the owner it, might be fucking with your players' livelihoods. Right. That's a distraction. Playing fucking with their livelihoods and directly fucking with your team's ability to win. Yeah? Because your best player may not play because of the owner. That is a distraction. That is a distraction. Okay. Right? Like that is like Sean Payton does that, right, and says, fuck you, Russell Wilson, you stink, and you shouldn't be getting paid what you get paid, and I hope we trade you and your wife's ugly. Okay, that's a distraction, yep. right? But he and she's not, by the way. But. No, she is not by any stretch of the imagination, my God. Um, but, no, I mean, he said, hey, the guy who was here before that these guys all really didn't like was not good. Right. Right, and those guys were like, thank you, God. Thank you, right? Like guys on other teams now who played last year, like, you know that 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 meme of uh, of uh, uh, oh shit, Titanic guy, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, you know the one where he's pointing at the screen, like, right. oh, there, yeah. there, there, there. Like guys on other teams who left Denver are like, yeah, Sean Payton, my guy, yeah, yes, right? Like this, that, that. So what Sean Payton did wasn't a distraction to that team. Those guys have probably already forgot about it, right? But this, this is this is different. Yeah, let me, Coaches, let, let me don't th- do this. Let me throw something back at you on that. Not only is, is the Sean Payton thing maybe not a distraction, it actually could be a big, a good team-building thing. Yeah. When you follow a real shithead, mm-hmm. and the new guy comes in and goes, okay, that I, guy was a shithead. Hey, I'm not that guy. I got your back. Yeah. You guys weren't that. There's no fucking way you guys were that bad. You guys are all professionals. I've watched you practice. You guys are busting your ass. I tell you to do something. You do it. I think the last guy didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, told you to do the wrong shit, and didn't know what the hell he was doing, and that's why you guys all fucking stink. Well, that's not going to fly, and you don't deserve to be held yep. to account for him being yep. a bad coach. So I'm going to go in. I'm going to take this smoke. Don't yep. let me down. You know what? I, at first I was thinking differently, but now I'm saying when I was a project manager in Memphis, Tennessee – I came into a project that was completely fucked up, and the guy, my predecessor was apparently a complete prick. And I showed up and just basically treated people with respect, and I was beloved just for not being an asshole. <laughs> so 
Yeah, you know, you've 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 changed my mind about this. It might not only not be a good thing from a call out the bad coaches thing. It might be a good team building thing. So yeah, you, see? yeah, look yeah, at that. Look at that coming all the way around. Um, um, so here's one thing. Philip oh. Rivers. Okay. Oh, Steve, he's been looking up Philip. He's had the whiteboard in front of him. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? He's looking up <laughs> Philip Rivers' stats. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so Philip Rivers, all time passing. You're right. Yards sixth. TDs sixth. Passer rating sixteenth. Uh, interceptions twenty fifth all time. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Okay. Right. All right. He's I'm, going to. The I'm Hall cool with that. Right. Uh, yeah. Now here's the deal. Because I did the same, and the only reason I just did that, I did the same thing for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and, like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger on this list is, um, like, in terms of, like, he's, like, fifth. So, in terms of passing, he's fifth. Um, in terms of TDs, he's, Ben Roethlisberger is actually eighth. Passer rating, he's, like, fifth. And then interceptions, he's, like, 23rd. Um, and by interceptions, 23rd, meaning few. Like, right, like, like, so... Philip, like, so number one is Brett Favre, who threw the most. Okay. Right? And Ben is, oh, like, oh, okay, okay. right, Ben is 23, and then Philip Rivers threw a, a few fewer than Ben, so he's 25. Okay. Right? Like, so you would want to But that's be, also a stat that's kind of been... I'm sorry, go ahead. Interceptions? There's, no, no, well, just teams throw so much more now that when you try to compare them, like, c- compare generations... That's fair, but, but, but I also, mean, but there's contemporary guys, like Eli Manning is way up there. Um, like if you look at the passes intercepted, uh, so you got All right. Brett Favre. Somehow George Blanda is up there, which is amazing because he played from forty nine to seventy five. That's why. Well, that's why. Holy lord! I didn't realize he played that long. Now he kicked as well, so he might not have been a quarterback the whole time. But either way, it's interceptions. Yeah. I don't no. know how you throw in interceptions while you're kicking, so I don't no, know. But matters. I'm talking about the duration of. The years he played, he might right. not have been a good but, quarterback. I all mean, those years. Peyton Manning is nine. Uh, Eli Manning is twelve. Drew Brees is thirteen. Uh, I'm just trying to look at contemporary guys. The, all right, Tom Brady is twenty-two, and then it's Ben Roethlisberger, Terry Bradshaw, twenty-four, Joe Ferguson, and then Philip Rivers. Don't um, dismiss Joe Ferguson. Okay, he's a bill. All right, um, he threw a lot of interceptions. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe is 28, and then Drew Brees did not throw a lot of interceptions. No, he did not. He was one of the most accurate passers I've ever seen. Um, and also a great decision maker. But either but way. But either way, he's going to the Hall the, of Fame. The point, the point is, he's going to the Hall of Fame. And now I said he may not be. He's Philip Rivers going to be a first ballot. Um, it, it's, now look, at, again, he doesn't have the moment. Doesn't have the titles. Doesn't, doesn't have, have the titles and doesn't have the moment, right? Where, like, Ben Roethlisberger... Has two Super Bowls, but he not only does he have two Super Bowls, but he's got a moment in the Super Bowl, right? Like he throws that pass to San Antonio Holmes, arguably one of the best passes ever thrown in the Super Bowl, right? Throws it in the back of the corner, away from everybody, almost away from San Antonio Holmes, or San Antonio Holmes is like blade of grass in and catches a ball that only he can catch with you know barely any time left that wins the Steelers another Super Bowl. That's a moment, right? That's sure. a moment that. Also, in that same game, James Harrison, James Harrison returns that touchdown at the end of the half, which is ultimately ends up being why the Steelers are able to win that game, and a moment where Larry Fitzgerald basically put the game away in the last two minutes where he streaks down the middle of the field, scores that touchdown, right? So Ben Roethlisberger has that moment. Philip Rivers doesn't, so I think that's why it's harder, and Eli Manning even has his two moments with the, again, the 
plays in the, the David Tyree and sure. you know uh, the play to Plaxico Barris and the other. So the other thing is he played on the West Coast almost his whole career, right? And that impacts who watches you. True. So people and, like and he played on the West Coast when they when we when games really got really sort of regional. Like it's not like when Joe Montana and it was like the only show in town when the 49ers played, right? Um, so it's a little bit different, right? Because there are people who would argue, right? Steve Young, Joe Montana played exclusively on the West Coast, and yet everybody. Yeah, but they won a bunch of Super Bowls. Exactly, right? Like it's just it, it, a little bit different. But uh, again, I think I don't I don't think that anybody's putting up much of a fight with Philip Rivers getting into the Hall of Fame. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to discuss on the NFL? We could talk about uh, the fact that. Um, uh, Naheem Hines from the Bills gets hit by a jet ski. Well, you know what? Actually, that is interesting, right? Because you could tie what happened to Nikhil Hines to what happened is what is going on with, with, with John Taylor, Taylor yep. a little bit, right? Like, so Hines was on a jet ski, gets hit by somebody else, like literally right before reporting the training camp. He gets injured, has to have surgery, is going to miss the season. Um, and, you know, some people were kind of up in arms. And I, I, listen, I don't like this. But you have the non-football-related injury list, or they call it the non-football injury list, the NFI. And what it means is teams put you on that, then you don't get paid right? that whole well, year. They now, don't have to pay you, but they can. Teams put you on the NFI, typically they don't pay you. Now, some are better than others, and they will. The Steelers, the Steelers put you on the NFI, unless you really, 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 really do something shitty, then they're going to pay you. Um, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger rode a motorcycle and bounced off a windshield. Well, he also got suspended. That was a little bit different. Um, suspended by the team or by the league? By the team. Okay. Um, that was a little bit different. And um, like, But a lot of times with your NFI situations, like it, it's you've got someone who's just breaking a blatant rule, right? Right. Like, you know, like in the issue with Ben Roethlisberger, is that like he, you know, riding a motorcycle when he broke his face, or Kellen Winslow, like not only riding a motorcycle, but you know, like trying to like stand on the back of it or whatever the fuck he was doing in a parking lot, and he got caught on video doing it. Um, you know, Kellen Winslow, who's also now in prison for raping, raping old, old women. ladies. Yep. Um, but the 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 list is kind of like it's the unsavory side of the NFL because you got a guy who gets hurt, but then he can't earn his contract. Now, people are like, boo-hoo, he makes a lot of money. So apparently if people make a lot of money, we can't like at least Empathize have empathy for the situation. Um, but the reality is I'm not sure if Heinz was going to make the team. You say you don't think I he, don't believe he would have. Right. I mean, it, injuries listen, could have changed it. The, but. Guy, the guy had a great kick return um, with the whole thing after DeMar Hamlin. Two in the yes, same game. that was fantastic, right? But – Heinz, like, he, he was a guy, like, the Colts gave him up for a reason. Like, he's not, like, he, for whatever reason, um, it goes back to our argument about running backs. Or not our argument, but our conversation yeah. about running backs in general is that these guys are interchangeable, they're expendable. Um, the, you know, like, the Bills, had, they brought in Damian Harris. They, you know, they had Cook's brother. Uh, James Cook. James Cook. Um you know, and Hines is a guy that is is replaceable. I'm sorry, there's nothing that Latavius he does. Latavius Murray is on the team, also. I mean, you guys got Latavius Murray? Yeah. God, he's such a weird. He's another weird one. Where Latavius Murray is a actually a rare combination of size and speed, um, and I don't know why he can't stick anywhere. Um, if you give him a decent offensive line, like he's a very effective back. 
Um, I'd be interested to see what his yards per carry are because I think that his yards per carry are pretty close to five yards a carry, right? And he's a guy who's got a lot of speed who can break away. Um, hands are eh, but and he's a decent blocker. So I don't know why he hasn't stuck. He's been everywhere from the Raiders to the Ravens to the Saints to the Broncos. Um, he may have even, like, there may be other teams in there, but for whatever reason, he just bounces around. But he's with the Bills, and that is interesting. And he'll be a third option there. So Hines would have had to beat out probably, whatever. He was very much a question to make the team because his primary role was as a return man, and kick returns have been uh, changed in the game to the point where they're becoming less and less important. But, yeah, he did in the game. um, He averaged... Uh, he averaged four and a half yards a game last year. A carry. I or, I'm sorry, a carry. Because a game yeah, that'd yeah, be pretty yeah, yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah. Four, okay, okay, okay. But he averaged four and a half yards a carry last year. Um, and for running backs, that's a... Yeah, four yards a, is kind of right. Um, yeah, and, and, and so... I don't know. That, but the point is, is that for Nikhil Hines, unfortunately, that was a running back room that he did, he wasn't going to stand out in. Right. Um. And he's a guy I like. It. I remember him with the Colts. Like he's he's got quick feet. He's got good hands. He's great at swing passes out of the backfield. He's not Open great. Field, he's a burner, right? I mean. But he's not great in between the tackles. He's not. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of stature. He's a good returner. Um, but it's unfortunate. Again, differences with Jonathan Taylor. One very established guy in Indianapolis. You know, obviously best offensive player that the Indianapolis Colts have. Um, they, the Colts are saying that he that they're thinking about putting him on the NFI list. He's saying that he doesn't have an injury, and based off of evidence, and the evidence is he was practicing during camp. So if he's practicing during camp, how the fuck are you going to then say right? Even if he well, did, even if he did report an injury, but he's practicing, and now you're going to put him on the NFI. Like so, he was so he had the injury. You reported it. Practice during camp, and now you're saying you're going to... Well, hold on, though. Every player goes through a pre-camp physical. Physical. So if he did report an injury, that's where it would have happened. But they cleared him to play, right? I mean, isn't that that kind of irrefutable evidence that they're fully... So, (laughs) right, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's where, like, that's where it kind of, like, there's... Right, Right. if he shows up for his physical and they go, oh, you've got this, and, you know, we're going to hold you out. Okay, but if he got on the field, if they cleared him to get on the field, then they're saying he reported to camp in football condition. Wait, hold on. I might be wrong. Um, let me make sure. Yeah, okay. He might be on the pup list. Uh, the talk was NFI. Oh, he might be on the pup list going in so he wouldn't. He had not practiced? Uh, hold on, hold on. All right. Uh, okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. He's on the pup list, but he's on the pup list for ankle surgery that he had, and we know that he had a bad ankle last year, right. and that that was a problem. I apologize. He so he reported to camp, had an injury, was on the pup list, but now they're shifted. They want to shift him from the pup list to the NFI list. Okay. Now the pup list, if you don't understand what that is, it's a physically unable to perform list. It does not impact your salary. Right, like in, now you can start camp on the pup list, and as long as you come back before the end of camp, even if it's you know a few days before, you're good to go. Right, and right. then they've got so much time, and then you're fine. 
during the season if they put you on the pup list. It's mandatory out six weeks, and then after you come back from the pup list, they've got, I believe, three weeks three weeks to activate you. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and then if they don't activate you after that three-week time, then you are on out IR, for the season. Yeah. Right. On the um, yeah. But IR, pup list, you still get paid. Now, they may adjust your salary based off of your injury status, but you still get paid one way or another. The NFI list, you don't get anything. It's just like, all right, see you later, if the team so chooses. Um, so it's a little bit different. So it's a, a much more unique situation than the Nikhil Hines, where he got hurt on a jet ski, right. which is a big no-no for professional athletes. Um, to be on jet skis, like, it, you know, you could like it just it's just not something they put that in you your contract be, right. because they want to now if things. if you look if now actually depending on what like in the CBA it's not expressly written I don't know if they maybe Nikhil Hines really enjoys jet skis and they're like look this is a very risky behavior so maybe they had specific language in his about jet skis um, you know like because if you look at some of these NFL contracts like some of the things that you think that are very expressly written actually are not. Um, so I don't, I don't, I've seen a few NFL contracts. I don't remember specific things about like, motor, like they, they talk yeah. about certain like recreational whatever, but they don't get into specific. It anyway. probably says high risk recreational yeah, activities yeah, yeah. and they probably have a list of those things. Right. And, and, but either way, he was on a jet ski, he got hit, he got injured. Definitely not a football related in, uh, injury. Right. So that is what is his issue. But this is really different with Jonathan Taylor because, again, he had an ankle issue last year. The surgery he had in the offseason was to repair that. Um, he shows up. He's on the pup list because he's still recovering from that. But I think he was still doing some drills and things like that, um, which there's a lot of guys who start on the pup list. Sure. Um, and they still who, report to camp. They, they just report to camp. In a limited basis like, or whatever, right. yeah. And so now the shift to say, all right, we're going to start you on the pup list, and then we're going to shift you from that to the NFI. Um, it still raises a lot of questions because it's like, why are you doing this? Like, you were fine with him being on the pup list, right, up until he says, I want to trade. And then he says, I want to trade, and now it's, oh, you know what? Actually, I think you should be on the NFI list, right? Like, the timing of it, still not good. But also, there still is an issue with their with them saying that. Well, he said he had a back injury, because yeah. like if he came in like, hey, my ankle's you know still you know getting it cleaned up or I haven't been cleared, he doesn't say anything about a back injury. But now they're saying that he did say that, and, and he's, he's saying, saying I that didn't. he didn't. Like you got to get that cleared up before I think you can do anything else. You know, I agree. Like yeah, either the Colts need to come out and say, "Yeah, I don't know where that came from. We're not thinking about that." That's that's the smart thing to do, right? The smart thing is for them just to de flat out deny the report, even if you're throwing somebody under the bus, and walk it back. That's what the Colts need to do, right? Like that. That is the bit. Like it, I don't know where that came from. Came from inside the building. Right. Then it was someone who wasn't authorized to say so. We're not considering that. Jonathan is an important part of this team. We want to get him back. We want to get him healthy. We know this is a tough time for the running back situation, and you know we're going to work with him and his agent when that time comes. But for right now, our main focus, uh, the guys we have on the field, getting him healthy and week one versus whoever they play. That is what needs to happen. Uh, PR school for the NFL from Steve. But I would say we'll see what happens. Col if the Indianapolis Colts are hiring a uh, media director, this man right here is your guy. Right, just you right. know what? You don't even need to be full time. Just call me in for crisis. 
All right. right. I'll be – just put me on a call. We'll be talking we'll, – Ray Donovan. I'm sure we'll be talking more NFL in the coming weeks, but I think we should wrap this up because we're going long again. All right. All right. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever the fuck it is, and threads, and we're done. Hope you enjoyed.